Hello and welcome to this month's Motorsports September edition. I'm Sean Smith and I'm joined by James Montgomery. Good evening. And Samantha Green. Good morning. Is everybody uh, yeah. well? Excited? Delightful? Oh, always. Always oh, excited to record. Yeah. Always. Always. And when we're talking about September as well, what yes. an exciting it, month. Which def- definitely, was, month. Was, definitely wasn't a week ago because me and Monty have had COVID. No, definitely not at all. But I've been too busy celebrating this month because it's definitely my birthday still. Oh, it's my birthday in September, so it makes my birthday next month. So, well, well, there we are. We're enjoying our birthdays just now, then, Sam. See, there we go. There we go. Yeah, there we are. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you. It was over a month ago. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, aside from birthdays, uh, some motorsports been happening. Shocker in this month of motorsport. Um, for those who are new, we have a quickish fire motorsport show, little seven to ten minute review of each segment uh, that we care to bring to the table. Things will be missed. That's not our problem. Let's start the clock with the first topic. Um, Sam, where should we start? Um, shall we start in Japan with the world? In, uh, no, let's do that later. Let's talk about Formula One first. No, let's not do that. Let's talk about Singapore. Oh, okay. And Similar. Japan. Same sort of part of the world, really. Yes. Um, well, it was an interesting event, wasn't it, for Singapore? This is the news, everyone. Um, Red Bull got beaten. They got beaten badly. But once. This year. Makes a change. Um, mm, literally, <laughs> once. The car really was not good for them at Singapore, was it? Whatever it was about that circuit, it just really didn't work. Um, on the Friday, they were trying something new with the floor, and they thought that might be why there was no pace. They were, okay, well, that upgrade hasn't worked. We'll go back to what we know does work. And then that was slow as well. So, hmm. So good going, really. Yeah. And this is a very looking car. It was not happy. It was not really well set up at all for for the whole weekend. It didn't seem to be able to fire up the tyres to actually bite into the track. The car seemed to slide quite a lot through every single corner and braking zone, which was helpful. Mm. Which is is unusual. Normally, it's quick straight out of the box, isn't it? It's not even like FP1 and 2. They sometimes... We saw it sometimes with um, Mercedes where they would sort of take... FP1 to kind of get up to speed but after that you were, by the time we got to qualifying you were pretty sure they would be on pole hmm. whereas the Red Bull this year has just come straight out of the box and been quick. I'm glad you mentioned um, Mercedes. Uh, I remember a year it wasn't. It was one of their years of domination um, hmm. and I think Bottas was there but I don't remember which one um, there was a year when they were pretty much blitzing everybody and they got to Singapore and the same thing happened. They couldn't fire up their tyres they were mid-pack Nowhere really exciting. Um, yeah. Could it? That was possibly... 2017. Was it that 17? was 2017. They were only about sixth and seventh fastest, and then a Ferrari imploded on the start line and yes. gave the win to mm. Mercedes at a time when they should not have won that race at all. I wonder if Singapore has any sort of special tarmac which is that much different to anywhere else around the world. Uh, I thought so. Would you? I mean, it's a street circuit, but it's not. An unusual street circuit, if that makes sense. You wouldn't have thought that it would be any different to somewhere like Baku, for example, um, or any of the other kind of bigger... Maybe Monaco is a bit of a weird well, one, but I'm the rest fa- of them. 
yeah, I mean, I'm thinking with with proper tracks, obviously, yeah, cert- tarmac is a derivative part from oil, uh, for those who don't know. Um, and certain companies, be it Shell for the sake of arguments, who were brought in to repave Turkey back in the day. This is my most up-to-date reference. Uh, <laughs> um, they... Obviously, that could have been, that could benefit a Bridgestone, for example, or a Michelin back in the tire war days, um, depending on which uh, constitution of tarmac was laid down on that circuit. Yes, I, I, I just wonder. Yeah, but then it wouldn't make sense because everybody has the same tires nowadays. Yeah, I mean, it would be everyone might be off pace if that was the the situation, but it wasn't, was it? It was just the Red Bull, and it was both Red Bulls. Yeah. It's not even like Checo was having a bad weekend, but Max was still quick, or vice versa. They, they were both, both just good. slow. Yeah. yeah, both of them just weren't very good. Um, but it did mean the race was really quite interesting. Um, <laughs> By which you mean we had a race at the front? <laughs> we actually had a race, yeah. Um, which came down to the final couple of laps as well, didn't it, really? Mm. Um with some very, very clever driving from uh, Carlos Sainz as well. Yeah, very, very clever driving. Good strategy from Mercedes to get on some fresher tyres. Um, so you essentially had both the Mercs, um, Russell and then Hamilton, catching Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris on with a tyre advantage. But Carlos backing up into Lando to give him DRS so that they can both try and stay ahead of the Mercedes. I find it's quite quite annoying and quite funny because I used to do this back on like F1 PS2 games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I had, um, uh, say I was in the Minardi or whatever, um, and I could make it so that a mid-pack car could leap, could jump far enough ahead of most cars to be then a defender for me <laughs> after the pit stop or something. Um, mm. That's why I used to do it. So I was like, oh, damn, that's, it's not proper racing. But it's also a good thing to do. It's quite clever. <laughs> I, well, I, I like it. I think it was a nice sort of strategic element that you don't necessarily think about often. But actually, he pulled it off really well. Um, Lando finished second behind Carlos uh, mm-hmm. with Hamilton in third because George decided Russell, he couldn't be bothered in hit wall. Yeah. Um, did you see the incident? Basically, well, presumably you did see the incident. Yeah, but, Nor- Norris clipped um, the wall. Uh, George followed him in, clipped it harder. Clipped it harder. Back. And then that was that, really. Um, Lando got very lucky, I think, really. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. But, nope. uh, that should have been both of them in the wall. It could, could easily have been both of them, but it was just that few millimetres difference between um, Norris just clipping it with the rim of the wheel his rear wheel as well yeah. and um, and Russell clipping it with a bit more of the front wheel rim but the front as well and broke yes. the steering and then that was that so yes, Carl, um, Carlos Sainz ends up, ends up being the winner first non-Red Bull win of the season as we said uh, yeah. unfortunately it didn't last very long we end up going to Japan and um, Verstappen wins by a mile yes they were easily the quickest car by quite a long way uh, he finished tw- nearly 20 seconds ahead of P2. Um, so, yeah, that was that. But interestingly, Red Bull did have a double DNF in this race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I, I saw this joke. Go on. Sergio Perez managed to retire twice from the Japanese Grand Prix. Um, 
I didn't know. I didn't think you were allowed to get back in the car. I didn't. Once yeah, you got out. It I has happened the in the rule. past. It has happened in yep. the past. 2005, Takuma Sato, Canadian Grand Prix. I was go. also thinking, yep, and Michael Schumacher in Turkey that year. So, I mean, that was fair enough because that, that was back at a time where your qualifying position. Mm-hmm. So this was back in the era when the qualifying was a one-lap shootout and to determine when you would go out to do your uh, lap, it was it was a reverse of your race finish uh, fit race finish from the race before so obviously if you won you'd be last out to do your qualifying lap and yeah, so forth yeah. and so forth so um, if a car was damaged uh, they go in get repaired and then they come back out again later on in the race just to rake in the laps desperately hoping others would retire so then that would mean that their uh, qualifying slot for the next race would be less compromised mm. I honestly thought that rule had been tied up mm-hmm and so I was a bit surprised to see Perez doing that. Um, his driving was also now, questionable. He, he, he didn't yeah. make a lot of friends that race with either no. punting them off or blocking uh, Norris during the virtual safety car and going unnecessarily slow, I would say, yeah. given he was, what, 20 laps behind by this point. So, no, not a very good day uh, in the office for Mr. Perez. Fair play for... Uh, having the unique accolade of uh, DNFing twice, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, justifying why he is a very distant number two driver in that team at the moment. Well, mm. I had this discussion with my, my boss the other day. Um, he may be a distant number two points-wise, but let's not forget that if he does finish second this year, it will be the first time Red Bull finish 1-2. No, that's true. That is that... Mostly because their car is so much more well, dominant than everybody else. You can think that, but there were cars that in the Vettel era where Weber should have finished second and never did. Agreed. No, yeah, I would agree with that. No, I, um, I, I, I fully agree with this one as well. If Paris does hold on to P2, fair play. He's done his job. But, it, yes, however... By the same context, for the same reason why we would be critical about Weber for never finishing P2 when they had such mm-hmm. dominant cars, why is Perez in such a precarious position at the moment? He shouldn't be anywhere near this close to having a fight for P2 with the others, given what pace advantage that car has. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's... People will always say that a car is tailored to the lead driver. I think it has to be as well. It definitely is. That's not a rumor. That is a fact. Um, but we've we've well, Max and Checo do have very different driving styles. Let's face it. Mm-hmm. Max is very much a point and squirt driver. Um, he likes a really pointy car that sort of rotates from the back. If that makes sense, like a really good turn in car. Whereas Checo is a lot more. He likes to throw um, for a corner. Yeah, he's, he preserves the tyres a lot better by being silky smooth, which is really not Max's driving style. So you have to say that Checo will be driving outside of his comfort zone, but he's a professional Formula One driver. He should be able to do that. Um, we we make this argument with football all the time when uh, they say they've got too many matches to play. You know, you're a professional footballer, just get on with it. Um, you yeah, should kind of be the same with drivers to a certain extent. If the car's not physically dangerous, I think just get on with it, really. Wow. Um, but, yeah, he's not held a candle to Max, really. 
for most of this year, let's face it, there's a few races where you've gone, actually he's driven well there, but generally he's been a bit average, in my opinion. The same checko for me uh, has happened this season. He's uh, a dominant force in street circuits. He is definitely a very, very good driver on the streets, which makes sense because that that's... Um, his kind of driving style rewards uh, street circuits where you, you you almost want to get the car turned in perfectly, hit the throttle once, and off you go down the straight. That works perfectly for street tracks, whereas we're, we're seeing what Verstappen is doing for the other 17 tracks on the, the calendar is he can slide the car around there. Okay, it's a controlled slide because you can't slide too much of these Pirellis, but he, he's still making it work for the other tracks and Checo has not adapted for any other circuits. He's always been great on the, the street circuits, though, even in his full Cindia days. That was where his podiums came from. It was uh, Baku and Sochi, uh, I think. Mm. So, um, yeah, he's a real street whisperer. Speaking of Red Bull and... Um... How do I phrase this in a, in a transitional way? Uh, <laughs> uh, Red Bull and their drivers and questionable about who should be sitting in which car. You know who's actually yeah. who's actually the better. I don't know. Uh, let's talk about AlphaTauri. Um, they have confirmed at the Japanese Grand Prix that next year's lineup will be Yuki Tsunoda from Hull uh, and Daniel Ricciardo from Australia, leaving out Kiwi lands Liam Lawson. Let's have a little. I let's have a debate. I feel really sorry for Liam Lawson in this situation, because in my books he has done a better job in the few races that he has been in that seat than what Yuki has done all season. He's been yep. considering his experience as well. When you have to consider, he is a total rookie. He has done three races coming in in the middle of the season um, as a sub. I think he's done a superb job. Uh, he's done better than Nick DeVries did. He's done, obviously, Daniel Ricciardo was only really in for a couple of races, but so's Liam. Liam's got two points. Daniel didn't get any. Um, just Sonoda has only got three points, and he's been in the whole season. I think it's an absurd decision to keep Yuki and Ricciardo. I, now, I completely agree with this, and especially seeing as uh, the team formerly known as Toro Rosso used to leave their driver decisions till February the next year, um, I, I completely agree. <laughs> However, for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to play the role of devil's advocate and uh, be... Uh, who's their boss? Franz Tost? Yeah. I'm going to play that role today. But for the record, I completely agree with this this assumption. Right. What does Liam bring to the table in a financial and sponsorship package? He is sponsored by Rodin who were a New Zealand company who were thinking of launching their own F1 team uh -huh. and have been turned down. They're his primary sponsor. He's also been in uh, the Red Bull program through F3 and F2. Um, so far as I know, he's racing at the moment in a Super Formula, I think. Correct. Uh, and doing reasonably well in that, considering that is a national series for the Japanese drivers who know the tracks really well. Um, but but are they as big as Honda, this Rodin company? No, ah, so, that means, so that's that's actually because no seat sorted then. Um, do <laughs> can you sell lots of uh, tatty T-shirts with Liam Lawson's face on it? I think you probably could. But can you though? Is it proven? Has it happened? It's not. 
It's not proven. Oh, well, there we go. That's Daniel Ricciardo. So if it's sitting in the seat, then jobs are good in 2024 in the books. There we go, lads. Right. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That's the only way I can think that meeting went. Yeah, I just... I just don't understand the thinking. I really don't. If you go purely on performance and think, take out of consideration financials and everything, Lawson has to be the best bet in that car, surely. But he's not in it. He's not been announced. So what does he do next year now? He'll get his chance. Where? Uh, probably back at Alpha Tauri. We've seen how volatile they are as a team. I mean, uh, Nick De Vries, he's come and gone. Mm. Um, I'm not actually surprised with what's going on there because I think how Alpha Tauri's driver management has been, particularly in the last 12 months, has been abysmal. Yep. Um, um, just, just, just 12 months. You don't, you don't want to say 12 years. <clears throat> okay, 12 years, definitely not. <laughs> particularly in the last 12 months, that they've uh, notched set up a, another level, which I never thought was possible before, but there you go. Um, that may not be a bad thing for Liam Lawson, because yes, he's proven himself straight away. He's got in there, he's scored a couple of points. Um, Long-term game, there could be a reason why they don't want to partner him up with Sonoda too, too much. Let's bear in mind they're both very, very hot heads, and they could end up imploding mm -hmm. against each other here. So, and that could be at the detriment to both of them. Is Lawson a hot head? He's got a bit of a temper on him. Uh, looking know, at yeah, some he's... of his previous races, if you go and look at the last race that he did at Motegi uh, for Super Formula, he held it around the outside when there was absolutely no reason to, and triggered a six-car pileup as a result of it. Nice. I think he. he I think yeah, he has a lot of raw pace. He is very, very quick, very, very gifted. Um, I think Red Bull feel like they owe it to Danny Rick to get his confidence back. I'm intrigued to see what Danny Rick can do. Personally, I think he's a spent force now, and yep. it's just a way to see. As nice mm. as it is to see him back in there, why? He he had his chance. He blew it with Renault. He blew it with McLaren. Well, less so with Renault, but definitely with uh, McLaren, because he just could not adjust. Um and you know, Red Bull—they're supposed to be looking for the future. The, you know that—that's the whole purpose. I think yeah, Ricardo is entirely marketing because Verstappen mm, is a Marmite driver. Sergio, very popular in the Americas and with a lot, just a lot, a lot of random people, but not a—he's um, not flamboyant, is he? Checo? Yes. Yeah, he's not. He's a not charismatic. No, well, he's like a nice guy, but like he's. I don't not... know about that. He's done a good job with women on yachts before, so he doesn't really give <laughs> off the, 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 the family man uh, image anymore, does he? Well, <laughs> depends how much he was watch Instagram. Um, <laughs> I, yes, as I said, I completely agree, and I think that Liam should be in the seat. Um, do now, there is at the time of recording one seat remaining in Formula One at Williams. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, they have indicated that Logan Sargent, for some reason, is their preferred choice. Mm -hmm. Should he be? I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, I don't know as Williams have, apart from hiring a driver in, like Liam Lawson, for example, I don't know as um, they have many other options for drivers that are kind of ready for F1 yet. They've got a few drivers that they... Um, in their academy in F3. I don't know if there's any in F2, but I'm not sure if any of them are sort of mature enough to move into F1 yet. 
Albon, I think, has done quite a good job in the Williams this year. Um, <clears throat> Sergeant hasn't. I, I, has not, no. And I was expecting him to do better than that. No, it's his rookie year. And I wasn't expecting him to be like top like podiums and like way up there, but like I was expecting him to get points and he hasn't yet. He's he's, um, he's really just been a Latifi Mark II, hasn't he? Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, but without the money. And unnecessary incidents as well. So it's mm. it's been a shame to see actually. Um I do hope he will get better. Williams are committed to getting him better. They obviously see some kind of potential in in him. But you know, if if that's what Williams wants to do, that's what Williams wants to do. Mm. The other teams, oh, other drivers they're talking about, Mick Schumacher going to Alpine. He's going to Alpine. WC. Yep, that's fine. Who's the is other that one? announced or is that, that? It's, it's it's heavily rumored. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then the third driver was. Oh, I can't remember. Describe. Describe. I'm trying to. No, I can't even remember who do it, it was. I, I, do I it saw the in... power of meme. Or mime. That won't work on an audio format, will it, Sean? No, because you're going to make I think it could have been Liam Lawson. I feel like that they could be trying to poach him. I don't know if they. I hope they because do. I mean that's essentially what they've done with Albon, and Albon's still part of the Red Bull uh, camp. Sort of. So maybe mm. they're just going to turn Williams into uh, um, a third Al- revolting <laughs> yeah. Alpha Williams. There we are. Yeah. Um, that's going to do it on this for this month. But this on on that topic. Um, I'm sure we will discuss this again in the longer formats at some point. The uh, we, We've mentioned before our views on Toro Rosso, Alpha Tauri, etc., Red Bull. Um, right. Let's do some quicker, quick, two quick fire ones. Let's do the six hours of Fuji. Yes, six hours of Fuji. So that was a six hour race that happened in Japan. Whereabouts in Japan, Sam? Uh, it was near the mountain Fuji. Okay, cool. And the track was called Fuji Speedway. Yeah. Mount Fuji Speedway. Who who, who owns um, Fuji? Um, is it's okay. it's Bicolds, isn't it? No, think a bit bigger. No, sorry, no Toyota. That yeah, was it. that's yeah. right. Um, then who won the race? Uh, Toyota did. Cool. Yeah. And who's now won the championship because of it? The the manufacturers' championship. As Toyota. Yes, excellent. Sounds That's like it. a perfect coincidence to me, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, I'm very happy with this because uh, I'm a Toyota fan. So, Yeah. <laughs> there was a podium for Penske in this one as well, though. I think that might be the first. Well, the most, certainly the most forgettable podium so far this year. Yeah. I forgot, I forgot about it already. Um, <laughs> the, um, the Porsche with Estra, Lotterer and uh, Lawrence Van Thor. That's right. Porsche did well. I'll, I'll give them credit. They did very well at this in that race. They tried. Yes, well done. Well done to them. They gave it a good crack and they got something out of it. And Highlight for me for the whole weekend, doing your practice and seeing a great big bus on the side of the track with lots of tourists <laughs> hanging out the windows with their cameras going, oh, look, a car. Yeah. The it's safari tour. It, it, it makes me just like... Oh god, it's so risky. I just, I hate it. I was gonna say the health and safety executive in this country would never, ever, ever allow. That. No, not a chance. Um, yeah, I, not a fan of it. I know it's really cool, and I'd like to do it. But from an organisational point of view, I bet that is the scariest moment of how, the whole weekend. How much red ink is on that waiver? Oh god tons you imagine <laughs> yeah. even for the teams i bet the teams hate it as well because they're yeah. trying it's in practice it's in a proper session 
Like, they're out there trying to get laps under their belt for the six-hour race where Toyota could be winning the championship, and there's a bloody bus on the track. <laughs> <laughs> so there you are. Buses are a menace, both in, in the towns and cities and now on your racetracks. Welcome to the future, everybody. Um, yeah, it's, it's just giving racing drivers an idea of what it's like to drive on the M25. And the Heathrow, <laughs> I think, as well, the National Express has come out. Yeah. Right. Um, last round of WC is, of course, at Bahrain. Um Ferrari basically go in there just to be party poopers, Toyota. Um, there's not a lot really going on in the championship. The drivers' championship is still to be decided, but realistically, Toyota, one of the Toyota cars, are going to win it, which is great. Uh, we're already looking forward to 2024, and we'll, again, we'll have a longer format episode on that in the near future. Right, yeah. IndyCar has all has actually IndyCar. has finished this year, um, and Chip Ganassi Racing scored a one-two. For the first yes, time in ages. Yep, no fair play to them. As a team, they've done a wonderful job this year. Uh, Alex Palu uh, has just been a class ahead of everyone else. I was surprised, actually. I was looking at the stats the other day of uh, who's led the most laps uh, this year. Apparently, Scott McLaughlin has uh, led almost double the amount of laps compared to <laughs> Alex Palu, really? or something ridiculous like that. And yet, Palu won the championship. Also nice to see the old boy Scott Dixon. What was that? Three wins in the last four um, races. He's had a bit of a resurgence, hasn't he? Again, is what he does. He always does this. Yeah, always. They they always said that um, if Scott Dixon is in title shot at the end of the year, you're going to lose. (laughs) He always (laughs) ramps it up, doesn't he, towards the end? Um, Yeah, the uh, it's just. uh, it's interesting, isn't it? That that stat about McLaughlin actually leading more laps, but really in motorsport, there's only really one lap that counts for the end. For the, yes, the last lap, the independent. The last lap. Um, <laughs> so really, yeah, that's the trouble, isn't it? You can be consistent, but if you're not actually doing well enough to get all those extra points, then there's not doesn't really amount to much, do. does it? Yeah, it doesn't amount to much. Um, I'm looking down the results sheet from Laguna Seca, which is the last. Uh, race of the season and McLaughlin did beat Palo here by three seconds um, Scott Dixon won the race with McLaughlin in his second so it was a Kiwi 1-2 um, with Palau rather ruining that for Will Power <laughs> who was fourth he's, he's not a Kiwi uh, he's an Aussie no he's Australian but it was close Ooh. enough um, yeah. there is another Kiwi though it's Marcus Armstrong could you imagine if we had yeah, Marcus Armstrong in that mix. Well, to be as fair, well. he came eighth. Yeah, he did well. Callum Islet did really well, fifth in the Hunkos. I'm really pleased with that. Um, Will Pierre came fourth, so you know, yeah. good for Will. Will done, mate. Can you tell um, how happy Will was by his interview? No, <laughs> yes, that's the trouble. You can you can never tell. You can um, never tell. He whinges first, then reflects on celebrating after the interview's done. I love Will Power. <laughs> He's brilliant. You can't, and you can't quit smoking without him. Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> not alone, anyway. No, not alone. Um, I have to say though, as a race, I thought Laguna Seca was um, chaotic. There was just too many accidents, too many. It often cars. is. It often is yeah. We, yeah. Did, we had exactly the same accident in a online race that we did a couple of weeks beforehand. Um, Exactly the same crash. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair I, but I didn't cause it, so it was all right. However, my question to you guys Milwaukee Mile coming back next year, what are our mm. thoughts on that? I forgot uh, that it's been away for so long. 
I have not seen them race there because I've only been into IndyCar the last few years recently. It looks like it will be interesting. Um, I I like an oval race, as you guys know. I think it's quite cool. They should bring I back quite Montana. a lot. Of... I'm going to say it every single year until they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be another one that's a good one. But they are doing this at the cost of Texas. Which I There's no see. Texas race, which I really like Texas. Um, and it's very similar in terms of, although it's obviously round rather than square, the speeds and sort of the style and the length of the races is more similar to an Indy 500. So it's good practice for that. Um, and it's usually quite early in the year as well. So you get a good indication of who might do well on the oval at Indy mm-hmm. based off of that. Whereas I don't think you're going to get that from Milwaukee. Um, well, there, there's, only only three, there's only three uh, oval races for next year. So Indianapolis is going to be the first of the oval races. So it's going to be a bit of a, a lottery there. Last um, year, I think Texas was one of the first sec- it was like first or second round. But yeah, quite often it's not much before Indy or is after it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, next year it's only Indy, uh, Iowa, and uh, Milwaukee, which is a shame in some ways because I-, I enjoy seeing the variety between oval racing, small oval, fast ovals, and of course, yeah, you know, yeah, it's... be it an open road track or a street track. Like you think back into the nineties and two thousands, and you had stuff like uh, Michigan, New Hampshire, and Nazareth as well. The the Fontana, Vegas, exactly. Mm. Yes, yeah. So there was uh, maybe not Vegas. Well, Vegas, a, yes. The unfortunate, yes, yes. But yeah. um, poor Damwood. But no, yes, yes, absolutely. Still a horrible crash. Oh, it brings back nightmares just thinking mm. about that one. But no, I, I mean. Variety is the spice of life, as they say. And I understand what IndyCar are doing because they're trying to bring the racing to the folks because the folks can't be bothered to come to the racing anymore, bar for a few exceptions where the heritage is, <laughs> Indianapolis. Well, so um, do you know why IndyCar still have a, a such quite congested season? And that was about... Uh, that, sorry, that was about to be my other point because it's only from March to September, isn't it? Yes. Why know, is it why? so congested? Would you, you like to guess why? I, I think I know why. I've probably told you, but go on. You, yeah, so it's the NFL, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they, they that's when the season starts. So they don't want to clash with that because it will take too many viewers away. So they run almost contra whatever the NFL season is likely to yeah. be. Or, and so And the, the same... I doubt. I don't know if it goes the other way, and they try to avoid when IndyCar. No, it's not. Yeah. It does, does not does not go the other way. The NFL just runs no. when it wants. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, basically, yeah, because America gets fixed on football um, until the uh, Super Bowl. IndyCar are like, nah, you're right. <laughs> Sticking with a small NFL fact, a little interesting nugget of information that I've heard recently. Nugget. Um, nugget. Nugget of information. Uh, the. Um, I don't know if you will have heard about this. They're building a karting center uh, underneath one of the grandstand, or not grandstands, one of the south stand at Tottenham Hotspur at the new stadium. Um, Why? As an attraction, basically. But it's partnered with Formula One. So that's an interesting one. Uh, But they they can't build that circuit underneath the stadium. Uh, until the end of October. And there's a very good reason for that, because the NFL 
is coming to London to play at Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, they're coming back. Uh, and they're coming back, yeah. Uh, and they're playing at Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, and because Tottenham don't want to ruin the pitch, because NFL might as well play on AstroTurf, underneath the proper football pitch is an AstroTurf pitch. Mm-hmm. It flips over, doesn't it? So no, they roll it, it out the back. way. Yeah. yeah, they roll it out the way. Um, and so when they roll it out the way, that is where um, the, the the cart track's going to be. So they can't build it until after the NFL. <laughs> That's mad. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, but I like American football, so I'm okay with it. Well, maybe you should go to Tottenham. Well, if I to, it's, in, it's in London, though, so... Yeah, but only just. Well, mm. <laughs> Only just in London. Yeah. That's like only yeah. that's only only just having got no cholera, for example. Um, <laughs> uh, very quick roundup on IndyCar. Obviously, I think yeah. we've said it already, but McLaughlin's done. I think he's if if Palau. Well, no, we'll talk again. We'll probably talk about Palau's contractual disputes um, as well at some point. Almost but so. um, uh, I think Scott McLaughlin's done a fantastic job um, outside mm. of the Chip Ganassi thing. He's it's, it's yeah, he's improving every year. Will he have a run? Don't know. Does he? Does he have the the ability? I think he does. He just needs yeah, to I cut out so. mistakes, really. Yeah, I think, and that will come with time as much as anything. You see, you remember, this is sort of his first open wheel experience. Is his third since, year. Well, uh, I think it is his third, maybe yeah. his second full gear. I don't think he did a full season before that. Did he? he did just a handful of races, but um, yeah, I mean, it's. He's definitely getting there. Let's face it. Uh, yeah, some decent results, mm-hmm. um, and he's generally pretty quick wherever he goes. Um, so yeah, good on him. Ring on next year for Penske. Exactly. Absolutely. Here, here. Right. That's going to do it. Apart from one little mention, Sam. Yeah. So one little happy birthday. Oh, thank uh, not, you. Not to me or not to Monty, <laughs> oh. but to Caterham. Oh. Cars is fifty years old in September twenty twenty three. They Aging gloriously. Yes. Um so I just thought that's worth a mention. And I mean certainly a lot of people when they see a Lotus seven, it doesn't matter what it actually is. It gets called a caterum, and I think that's pretty good, really. It's good um brand recognition isn't it the fact that they're not even technically building their own car they're technically building a lotus but everyone knows that's a caterham yeah even if it's actually a westfield or a robin or whatever they are some of them that's that's an out the blue choice sam why not westfield they put some mega engines in them they were mad they they, i completely (laughs) agree but i I only know westfield from the top gear magazines back in the day when you used to flick (laughs) through the back the back catalogue to be fair, Westfields do have their own race series. They they are quite a popular thing. You you hear of like Westfields and Dax and Donkerforts and that. But if it wasn't yeah. uh, a Catrum, which I was thinking of, it would be uh, Westfield as my uh, second choice. Yeah, and I think that's that's um, that's pretty impressive for such a little company that they are so widely known about by people who don't necessarily know all that much about cars. They see a small car like that and they just assume that's it's a Catrum. Yeah. Mm. Um, especially impressive over the last decade or so, they've had you know they've run close to the sun and they've they've come on the other side and as far as I know they're still pretty pretty coming out strong and good. So be healthy. There's a, a lot of racing that goes on in various different categories as well with the uh, 
the catering academy right up to like the four twenties and mm. really really fast stuff. Um, so yeah, I think yeah, roll on the next fifty years yes. of catering. Really. Many happy returns. Yeah, happy birthday. Cool. That's going to do it for this one for Motorsport September edition. We'll be back in a couple of weeks for October. Um, anything else to add, chaps? Ah, uh, yes, actually. Oh. I'll let Monty lead on it, but on the 14th, there's a rather special event happening. Oh, you're quite right, Sam. There is. So Good for luck. anyone that... For, ah, thank you. Yes. So for anyone that fancies a little bit of karting at Rye House on the 14th of October, I am hosting a charity endurance karting race at the venue. All the money which is going to be raised is uh, to support the National Autistic Society. Now, if you guys want to get involved, we'll... Um, how should we do this? Shall, shall we uh, add the, the link into this podcast, uh, Sean? Yeah, I'll put the link in every description I can. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah so so for anyone that would be interested in uh, getting involved in the event, there's going to be a link within the... Uh, Within the description of this post. Um, essentially, the main rules are it's £150 per cart. You can have up to four drivers in a cart, okay? So you can split the cost that way. Lovely. Uh, it's a 90-minute endurance race. It's technically a relay race, as it's going to be mandatory pit stops. So obviously, that means you can do driver swaps during that point there. 20% um, of every entry fee is going to go towards is going to be donated towards the um, National Autistic Society as well so thank you very much to Rye House for kindly agreeing to that you're welcome and <laughs> and um, uh, yeah we're allowed a max of 26 carts on the field there's no um, no previous experience needed you know these are corporate carts you don't even need a driver's license so long as you're over the age of 18 and you want to get involved Click the link, go and get a team uh, signed in. We've got plenty of drivers uh, or teams entered in who are, oh gosh, they're either groups of friends, they're uh, colleagues banding up at work and representing their companies. So uh, the more the merrier. No need to be a professional racing driver in here. They've got rubber rings around them. Um, let's make this as banditry as possible for uh, a good cause. And you will even get to meet, guaranteed, you will get to meet the team from Stelvio Automotive. Because oh, I'm apart, racing, well, Monty's racing. Yes, Cree won't be there, unfortunately. He's there in spirit, but <laughs> um, but even Sean is coming to spectate. Yes, and take pictures. And take some photos. So it's going yes. to be very, very exciting. And I'm oh, yeah. that you can really, make it. really looking forward to it. Yes. So, be there, or else. Yeah. That's, that's going to do it. Take care and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>